John Root. Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's where the magic happens. Um, that's where I post those photos I took of Nico when he wasn't looking. Uh, this is Corey DLG. With me as usual is little brother Nico. Who, you know... Like was it in a public place? At least then I couldn't can, I couldn't disagree. Um, I can't comment any more than that. My lawyer has simply said I should only claim I have them. Fair enough. Um, any sort of specifics could open me up to charges down the road. Man, isn't the legal system great? <laughs> uh, I guess we can start there. You want to? We I. It's in the news everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Um. Bill Cosby was released from prison. Um, I'm not going to get into... Okay, for those who don't know the actual situation, Bill Cosby, when he was getting divorced from his wife, she accused him of some things, and then in a deposition, he admitted to them. The deposition was sealed during the divorce, though. The deposition, though, he admits to essentially drugging women and then having his way with them. He's accused of cheating during the divorce. He is, it's explained during the deposition exactly what he does. Um, Fast forward like 20 years, okay? Uh, It's sort of known, it's sort of talked about in circles, but it's not publicly bandied about, all right? Um, Hannibal, Hannibal Burris, the comedian, does like two or three minutes on it in one of his uh, show in one of his performances back in the day, where he just talks about how Bill Cosby uh, date rapes women, uh, drugs them, and the issue kind of came back into the public conscience and exploded again. People started looking into it. Turns out it is true. Turns out he does admit to it. Um, the people were still willing to come forward. There was lots of things going on with statute limitations and other issues. The prosecutor in charge of the case initially said for justice's sake to get Bill Cosby on the record so that the women could civilly sue him. He said, listen, I promise I won't press charges if you cooperate in these other situations. So Bill Cosby agreed. Uh, He then, I, I believe several women successfully sue him. Uh, or it's sealed, one of the two. But a new prosecutor comes in, takes all of the statements that he made, and um, uses them against him in court. And he gets uh, like a, a seven-year sentence or six-year sentence, something of that nature. He's been in jail for three years. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court just ruled that because the former prosecutor said he wouldn't use those statements against him, the second prosecutor had to honor that agreement and couldn't use those statements against them. Um, essentially, it's a... Like a double jeopardy kind of deal? Uh, well, no, it's the Fifth Amendment that prevents you from self-incrimination. And, oh, Fifth. And, and Bill Cosby didn't give up his rights against self-incrimination when he had an understanding that he was immune from charges. Right. So, essentially, the second prosecutor violated his Fifth Amendment constitutional rights. Now, him getting out of jail does not make him innocent of the crimes. It means the prosecutor overstepped his boundaries. Right. Um, this is a really sad, gross instance of a rich, guilty person 
being able to get away with a terrible thing because they have good lawyers. Right. There's not really a better way or another way to really kind of examine it. Now, I see a lot of people like saying this makes him innocent. He posted a statement, I think, on his own verified Twitter that he's maintained his innocence this whole time. Well, no, you're not innocent of anything. You're just no longer allowed to be in prison for what you did. Right, yeah. This specifically. Not not because you're not a horrible person. Right, not because you didn't commit the crimes. He admitted to committing the crimes. He just managed to do so in a way that kept him safe from prosecution. Right, and I mean, like, at least he spent three years in jail. That's that's and that's about as good as it's going to get. Now he's currently blind. I think he's got diabetes or something. I don't know what's going on with him. But he came out of jail limping and blind. He is eighty years old too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I, listen. It's he's an awful person. There's no justifying it. I mean, he's not a good person. He doesn't deserve anyone's support or excitement. Um, I'm sure there are a bunch of people who are who are going to say. You know, for various reasons, they're going to make him the champion of their cause now. They should. Yeah. They should. We, we, talk, we, we talked about this last time with the, um, oh, what's his name, comic book writer, coming back. Oh, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis. Where, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how terrible you are, even if you did it, even if you didn't do it. Like, people are going to champion you even if you don't want it. For sure. It's going to fit their political, social agenda. You know, to be like, oh, he got out because he was innocent. And no, he got out because the prosecutor. He, he got out on a technicality at this point. Right. And that's 100% what it is. He got out. He was he was convicted and found guilty. And his own words were used against him. Um, right. I mean, it wasn't that. This is, wasn't... Hardly, this is hardly justice for the damage that he has done. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. You, you're right. It's not justice for the damage he did. That is a good point. Um... Yeah, overall, it's it's a crap story. It's a crap story overall. Like it's, it doesn't inspire you with the confidence you want to see. Um, you start hearing things, you know. Right now, there's a lot of stuff that makes it really easy to, to look at the public and just be disheartened, or look around and go like, "What are we? What are we going? Like, what's the goal here? What are we doing? What are we doing?" But it's important to remember that, like. Everything is its own individual instance. The world doesn't score in the aggregate. Like, there are going to be wins. There's going to be losses. There's going to be good days and bad days. And you just got to kind of take it in stride. And the truth is, yes, this is a better day for Bill Cosby, but it's not necessarily the end of the road for all of this. And, yes, a prosecutor screwed up in an effort to put a bad guy in jail. And while – I mean, it, it half worked. He got half of his sentence was still spent there. Yeah, but the next step is Bill Cosby's going to sue. Right. And the, and the state of Pennsylvania or the city of Philadelphia or whoever it's going to be is going to wind up writing a check. Unfortunately. But at this but, point, like, money is the least of the problems that we're having here. No, but it's just going to further underscore the issue. When Bill Cosby gets his $4 million settlement from the city, uh, it's going to be ugly. Man, I hope they're like, uh, they're like, all right, we settled it. You win the case. Uh, we're awarding you four dollars. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I know it's not, but I mean, especially a guy like Bill Cosby, he's going to claim, you know, injury to character, all kinds of things like the value that he's going to be able to sort of drum up around his name. This isn't—they didn't put Joe Schmo in jail for three years, right? 
I don't know. This story was going to get a little bit harder to sum before it's over. That's just reality. But it's hope he just dies. <laughs> God. Um, I'm not gonna go that far. I would like to I mean he's he's an eighty plus year old man with health problems getting out of jail for doing awful things. I I can't be the only one who's like, Man, it wouldn't be that bad if something were to happen to you. No, I mean I'm sure there are people who feel that way. I just I think it's Look, here's the thing, and this is what I was going to say about the prosecutor. Doing bad things in the service of good, sitting around hoping bad things happen to these people who don't deserve our mercy, doesn't make us the good guy, is the problem. Yeah, that's true. Um, eventually, you call me a bad guy, Corey? Jeez. I'm calling you a human. Fair enough. Ultimately, what it boils down to is eventually you get down to bad policing where they're shooting black people in the street because they think they have the right reason. That's where all this goes back to. Yeah. And so it's important to remember that good effort, bad effort, good energy, bad energy, the, the outcome and how we get there are equally important. It's important to do it right. If you don't do it right, it doesn't matter that you did it. Putting Bill Cosby in jail for three years, as great as that was for his accusers and his victims, and to a certain measure the public, doing it but doing it wrong – meant this was always the outcome. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and so it's just important to remember that there's a there's a, a if you're going to do it, if you're going to fight the good fight, if you're going to be a champion of a cause, if you're going to go out there and put your name out there, you've got to be the right person for it. It's got to be done right. Because yeah. when, when people... Process is always important. When you try and leapfrog that that's when you get yourself in a hot water. It's it. It makes me think about things like Guantanamo Bay, uh, torture, the war on terror, these things that are meant to be good ideas, ways around the system that we think overly protect victims, and and, and enable us to pursue justice in real ways. But in reality, what they're doing is letting us slippery slope ourselves down into the to the level of bad guy. We now have a prison that has the ability legally to ignore human rights. That can't possibly be for the betterment of us. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Set an example. Right. It doesn't matter who we keep there. Guantanamo Bay is a better propaganda tool for the bad guys than it is a criminal justice tool for us. Just ignore it, Corey. (laughs) Like every good American. Just pretend like we're not violating people's human rights in the interest of national defense. And just pretend like every president since Bush hasn't done it. And that's the important thing to remember. Some of these things, like, yes, there are some things that take political elements, but some of these things are just reality. Like, Obama wanted to close Gitmo. There's a lot of conversation about that. But the reality was, once you enter those people, once you pull them out of the legal gray area they're in, anywhere you put them exposes the United States to massive issues. So those people are going to live forever at Gitmo. One by one, they're all going to die of old age right there at that prison. Um, and, and never to be released. And the people who criticized Obama, rightly, for not doing what he said what he was going to do, which was close it, the reality was when he sat down with the attorney generals and the you know Justice Department and the Pentagon and realized, like, there was no way to do it. We committed war crimes to get those people here. We've done terrible things to them. 
we've exposed ourselves legally and liably. Like we, there's no way around it. <laughs> War is history is written by the victor. Fortunately, means you get to cover up things that you're not proud of. Things like Gitmo. Things like Gitmo will be written out eventually. Things you know, just like this conversation we're having now about race uh, in education. Um, it is insane to me that someone wants to say that. <laughs> that the way America used to be wasn't clearly set up and run by a particular group of people to keep other groups down. Of course right. it was. Yeah. It's just the way things were at the time. That what that's not even a debate. Like <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> we knew it 20 years ago when we taught history. All of a sudden now the people who took those history classes 20 years ago are going, yeah, that never happened. And you know, <sighs> I get that this makes the current generation of people feel better about themselves if they can say, well, since I'm not racist, racism doesn't need to be worried about anymore. Like, I get that that, that makes them think, oh, we fixed the problem because I'm not racist. Um, the truth is, when you, when you look at these things, here's – I read a perfect example of this on Twitter, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, imagine somebody doesn't like people who use wheelchairs. Okay, he just looks at wheelchairs and he, and, he, and he feels sick to his stomach and says, nope, wheelchairs are bad. So he builds a really nice hotel and he refuses to let people with wheelchairs stay in his hotel. Therefore, he puts no ramps and no accommodations for the wheelchair abled people. Okay, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you're in a wheelchair. If you're in a wheelchair, you will not be able to get into this hotel and stay in it. There's like five steps at the front door. You're just SOL. Um, for years, for decades, he runs his hotel how he wants, and he's adamantly anti-wheelchair. Uh, one day, he dies. Uh, the family doesn't want to own the hotel. They sell it to a new ownership group. The new ownership group comes in, and they have exactly zero policies against people with wheelchairs. They don't care. They like people with wheelchairs. Some of them even made their money selling wheelchairs. So as far as they're concerned, they're not anti-wheelchair. However, they own a a hotel designed to discriminate against wheelchair people, and they don't do anything to fix it. They don't install ramps. They don't install the easy access doors. They don't expand the bathrooms. They don't do any of it. They can't say that they are doing everything in their power to help the wheelchair people, and they can't say – that they're not part of the problem because they still own and run a hotel that discriminates against the wheelchair enabled. Right. It's all about, again, this goes back to even process. This is all about infrastructure, about looking at the process that you take every day in your daily life and thinking about, all right, what am I doing with this? Right. And listen, you don't have to wake up every day and go, how do I fix racism? I mean, right. Yeah. That's that's something that's something that's an awful lofty goal that we've been trying for decades to solve. Right. But there's probably a lot of people who would be excited to hear that white people were waking up every day saying that. But that's not necessarily the mandate. The mandate right. is simply when you encounter it, do more than just walk away. Right. Until we do that every time we encounter it, every time we see it, every time we hear it, until we do that. And then the conversation persists and continues, and we fail that conversation. 
Look at us getting philosophical on this. Look at that. Look at that. Look at uh, we did post an announcement today on Better News. Um, up late with Nerd Thug Radio is officially, essentially, uh, a done deal. The first episode will air at 11 p.m. on July 10th on 660 a.m. in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. K-Sky, or The Answer, is the name of the station. Wow, that's, those are some aggressive titles. I love it. Um, I believe it's a Christian conservative station during the day. Yeah, but it doesn't make it any less like, all right, lofty. <laughs> you, you you hear something like the answer, you don't immediately think Nerd Thug Radio? Because I think we solve problems. No, I mean, like, yeah, that's a fair point. But I just... <laughs> while I agree, I just think that anyone calling themselves the answer is a bit lofty. That's fair. Um, yes, Alan hello. Iverson, I, I... That, was, that was his nickname in basketball. The answer. Allen Iverson. Oh, that's a good name. It was. And he was. He was the answer. Boom. Um, yeah, okay. So that's going to be starting Saturday, July 10th at 11 p.m. I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, working on lining up some guests. We'll get into announcements next week. I, I, um, I'm excited about this, man. It's going to be a fun thing to get into. I'm glad this is the next step for us here at Nerd Thug Radio. And um, who knows? This might be the beginnings of greatness for us. That's right. Just what anyone wanted to hear in the future space year of 2021, getting onto the AM radio late nights. <laughs> it does seem a little backwards, but uh, it probably seems more alien to you because you don't even remember, you don't know of a time when AM radio was important. Well, like, I've listened to the AM radio, but it's almost always at, like, obscene hours of the night, listening to, like, coast to coast. That's what I want to bring back. That's really the spirit of where this all kind of started from, is I don't think there is a, right now, I think the last great radio figure was Howard Stern. Um, and right now, I don't think there's any kind of national radio celebrity, and I think we're in kind of a unique time where it's not too impossible to within the span of you know two to five years build a national brand on the radio wild that's how i see it and you know me every once in a while i get these things right yeah every once in a while every once in a while um so that's what we're going to be doing and i'm excited about it and that's what's next for us is building a national Show starting with 6.60 a.m. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Starting Space Ghost. I don't think that's how it went, but it sounds like it should be. Yeah. Um, so I saw a terrifying video on YouTube. Terrifying. Fair enough. Um, I think this was in Mexico. They were doing the fun little, you know, you're at the beach in Cancun and some boat comes by and is like, hey, 50 bucks each. I'll put you guys in a parasail. You'll float up over the island and, like, see everything while we drive the boat around, right? Yeah. So they put the couple out in the water. They're getting everything set up to take off. And as they're taking off and the couple is rising out of the water, a shark lunges out of the water 
and bites part of the guy's foot off. Ooh, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? What is this? The movie Jaws? What? <laughs> now, sharks have been known to, to leap out of the water. They see something. They what they like to do is they like to dive deeper when they see a potential prey, come up from underneath and stun it by knocking it out of the water. When they both come back into the water, the shark can find it and eat it. Right. Yeah. Basically, it's just a big head smash. It's a wrestling maneuver. It's their finisher. It's the Sharknado. Um, That's what they call me. (laughs) However, in this particular instance, when he breaches the water, the guy's floating out of the water. The shark thinks it's something like a bird trying to get away. So it closes the deal. Nips at it. And it's a whole guy's foot. And he bites a part of the guy's foot off. At least it's only a part. (laughs) What part of your foot are you okay with losing? Dude, if you're gonna tell me I lose a part of my foot, but I get to I get to brag about being bit by a shark everywhere I go, I'm in. No deal. No dice. No dice. Ooh. The man with the thousand injuries has zero interest in even interacting with a shark mouth. That's fair, but I think that's because of your irrational fear of sharks. My irrational fear. I just told you a story where a shark lunges out of the water to take an appendage off of a man wearing a parachute. And I'm irrational. Correct. (laughs) Man-eaters from the deep with no remorse, black, cold, soulless eyes, jumping up out of the water to eat people, and I'm irrational. My opinions on sharks have warmed greatly because uh, I, I watched sea documentaries and they're like, sharks aren't nearly that bad. They yeah, whatever. Care. Go hug one then, okay, buddy? In the meantime, sit in the back of the boat not getting in the water. That's fair. And I mean, like, sharks have to be pretty big to, to fight humans. One of my favorite internet videos is a guy going like, I was diving one time and the shark tried to bite me, so I just punched him in the nose and he was like, ow, and he left. <laughs> Yeah, hard pass. You know what that guy did? Defended himself for his life. Yeah, but the shark was like not even that big compared to him. He was just getting nippy, so he booped him on the nose and he had to leave because he got hurt. (laughs) Getting nippy, trying to murder him. Let's be clear. (laughs) A shark's playful nature ends in a human's murder, okay? All right. Irrational. I'll tell you what's irrational. Letting sharks walk on. Do you know the guy? You know the guy that wrote Jaws, and Steven Spielberg both like donate to shark like conservation funds because their hearts turned to putty because everyone turned on sharks because they were such good documentary people. I mean, look, they did the documentary. Good job. Also, you know, shark fin trading is like awful. (laughs) The story of Jaws though is based on a real event. Yeah, look, I don't I don't disagree that like there probably was a shark attack and look, they are brutal every time they happen. Look at the surfer girl who lost her arm. No, no, no. Let's hang on. It wasn't a singular attack. The shark got stuck in the bay up there up north for like four days. It ate like like five kids. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It took bites out of lots of people, okay? Look, just because one Pac-Man shark. (laughs) Here's what makes it scary. 
it's not that it it's not that one shark did it. It's the fact that now the other sharks all know they can. <laughs> like the collective conscience of sharks and like we understand. Yeah, like they're playing it cool because we got them by the numbers. But they know if they ever do a head count in any given situation, it's like um do you ever watch the show uh, 60 Days In, where, like, the people impersonate prisoners in real prisons? Oh, yeah. Isn't that show, like, awful? Because, like, everyone on it, like, is, like, completely changed by the end of it. A lot of them come out, like, a little more angry and dark than they were before they went in the show. But what what's interesting is there's, like, two sets of rules. The one rule is, like, hey, man, everyone follow the rules and listen to the guards. But then... When things change and everyone looks up and there's like one guard in the room and someone's in big trouble and no one can get to this guard before you, they'll make a decision in an instant to be like, we got the numbers, let's kill them. Yeah. So while the Sharks have been playing by the numbers, playing by the rules for the most part, any given moment they could look up and do a head count. I'm just saying. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like, look, it's very easy to avoid shark attacks. It's called don't go into the ocean. You're right, and I do. And once they figure out how to come on land with scuba gear, I'm out. Water scuba gear. It's got like, just like shoots water in them. <laughs> or would they be like telep- telepathic sharks and like float around with bubbles of water? Uh, Whatever it takes for them to do it. Once they've done it, I'm out of here. Well, see, once once the ice caps melt and the world floods, we're all doomed. Yeah, once the water line is the backyard of, of Conroe, then yeah, all of a sudden... Sharks are swimming up through downtown Houston, stopping by the mall. Man, could you imagine? Like, <laughs> like it's really like silly to think about because it's like you know, like every like apocalypse documentary where like the city gets overtaken by like grass and stuff, or like plant life, like after humans leave or whatever. Right. It's just that, but it's just full of water, and it's just like sharks going into like little business meetings <laughs> in these former skyscrapers. It's like they're sitting around in like rocket jerseys watching a sports game. Right, yeah. I think that'd be great. Suddenly they're all into European soccer. Yeah. They're like, like man, this guy... a real shot this year. Yeah, he's like, these guys are trash. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, the, the tiny shark themed society like built on the dredges of humanity just makes me laugh. Uh, it does until they start eating us. Well, no, we're already dead at this point. Like this is the this is the assumption that sharks have become the ultimate apex predator and killed all of humanity, and now just live in their their houses because it's funny. Let's clear something up. They're the apex predators now. I know. Yeah, but like, but like water versus us being on the land. Like, if it was all water, we're all doomed. I I just I don't know, man. Like. We don't stand a chance even now. Like, one of them could accidentally come up on the beach and bite us, and there's nothing we can do about it. Like, yeah. we, would, we would just be like, well, he, he really wanted to kill Todd. Like, there it yeah, is. Yeah, but then he died. Worth it. You never know. Maybe he had shark cancer, and he was like, yeah, well, this was it. I'm going out. It's like, a, it's like the Butterfingers commercial from a couple of years ago. Where, uh... It's like, well, Todd had just eaten Butterfingers. It's like, oh, you know what? He was tastier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one where they're doing the uh, 
I think it was Snickers peanut butter bars or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. And they were like, like, what that. did you think about that last guy? And they were like, he did taste better. He had just had a Snickers peanut butter. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 Those are good, by the way. I do eat those. And I do suspect that I'm tastier with them. See, look at that. You're just making yourself shark bait. I got to be honest. I am probably every predator's wet dream. There's probably not a lot of animals that don't eat flesh that, that look at me and go, nah, not him. <laughs> probably not a lot of meat-eating animals who don't look at me and immediately think, like, did Golden Corral just deliver? Like, what is this? This looks wonderful. And he's injured? <laughs> yeah. you. He, he's walking a little odd. I could catch him pretty easy. <laughs> the herd left him behind. Like nobody cares. Like, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Women may not find me that attractive, but predators absolutely are sure that I'm I am tasty. Look, it's all the eye of the beholder, man. Here we go. <laughs> Someone thinks I'm pretty. It's just people who want to murder and eat me. Yeah, Mostly. I'm desirable in eyes. Maybe just not yours. That's right pack of lions walking around going hey did anybody see Corey today because uh we're a little hungry today's the day boys today's, today's the, day. the day breaking out the china looks like meat's back on the menu boys probably the worst line in all of lord of the rings uh, i don't know hey i uh i saw a meme the other day did we talk about this in the show at all we might have about lord of the rings that legolas never says anything to uh, the ring bearer except to Frodo except in my bow. That's funny but probably true. So after he offers him my bow from everything on screen they never speak again. They travel halfway across the country before they get separated and on screen they have zero conversation. Well, I mean, like, it's not that weird. Have you ever been in, like, a relatively large group of people that, like, somewhat know each other? Like, people have their favorites, who They just banter with the entire time. As soon yeah, as you get, still, as soon as you get two of the awkward ones into the room, like, you're like, oh, so this is, like, they just tangentially know each other. Like, yeah, but they still talk. You don't know that. <laughs> I do. I mean... I definitely know that, like... If you get two of the awkward ones in a group together and they're not like they don't know anything about each other, literally the only thing that Legolas knows is that this kid's the ring bearer. I would be having conversation. I'd be like, "So, so you guys are from the Shire, huh?" Like, yeah, like what does he care? Cool. He's an elf. It's like a million years old. You know, you know, I got kicked out of my house too. My dad was kind of a d bag. Yeah, I mean, like that was like two thousand years ago, but you know, it's fine. Same thing. Same thing. It turned out all right. I, I dropped an album last year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if elves are into small talk, considering that their entire society lives for thousands of years. Well, if they're not, they certainly should at least be polite. Like, I mean... <laughs> I thought the whole point is that they weren't. <laughs> elves aren't polite? I thought they were so polite that they were annoying to deal with. No, I thought they were... I thought because they lived so long, they were, like, very, like, reserved and, like, far away from everything else. Like, they just don't want to interact. That's why they live in their little grove and don't talk to anybody. <laughs> Maybe, but they would have a lot in common with with hobbits. It's the same thing. Yeah, but you get two secluded people. You're not going to be like, and now they're friends. I don't know. They're sitting around the same campfire, hanging out with the same people. The humans would obviously be best friends with each other and be friends with everybody. 
but I feel like you would like. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just, Frodo's he, just really awkward. I mean, no, he clearly is. And he, and he obviously was in some sort of weird travel relationship with Sam. Um, they were... They're best bros, dude. They were clearly rode together, if you get what I mean. Um, what doesn't happen at the Shire doesn't count, apparently. Um, but I, I do suspect... I, it, on screen, they don't talk. But surely, like... They have to speak at some point, like in reality. Surely oh, yeah. Don't. I'm sure if they were like every single moment of this journey will be captured, then yeah, I'm sure. But like on screen, like it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but I mean, they didn't even try. Like they could have at least made a conversation happen between the two of them on screen. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not surprised that someone wouldn't, they wouldn't talk to each other. <laughs> like at least in the scene when they're walking through the snow and Legolas is walking on top of the snow. And everyone else is trudging through it. That seems like the perfect time for Frodo to be like, Legolas, what's the deal here, bro? <laughs> Maybe he just didn't talk to him because he's like, man, I'm clearly better than these people. <laughs> <laughs> How's he going to walk on snow and not even help me up? Man, he's a D-bag. <laughs> and then he said, he's, look at these guys trudging through the snow and not even walking on it. Bunch of idiots. Yeah, like how do the hobbits not walk on the snow? Are the elves that much more graceful than even hobbits? Hobbits don't weigh anything. I was kidding. Yeah, that's a good point. Hobbits have big feet and they don't weigh anything. Like, it seems like they would have been able to do the same thing. Like, the dwarf would have been the only one walking around cursing everybody. Right. Even the humans are like, okay, they sink into the ground. That's fine. Hobbits just have big feet and, like, they're, they don't weigh, like, 10 pounds. They're... Like, there's yeah, no way they fall into the snow. <laughs> Legolas is just being a D-bag. Yeah. Look, this might just be the solution. Like, this just might be why he doesn't speak to him for the rest of the thing. <laughs> he just offers him his bow, like, out of, like, all right, if I don't do this, I'm definitely going down in Legends. <laughs> yeah. As the guy that didn't help the ring bearer, and now they all lost. He's like, if I don't go, these humans are definitely going to screw it up. Oh, a dwarf's going? Nah, I mean, no. Yeah, I got it. I got to go. Yeah. Mm. And my bow, okay? And then the rest of the time, they're like, Legolas, man, we really appreciate you coming and helping us out. And he's like, whatever. He doesn't even say anything. He just kind of scoffs at him. <laughs> what if it's what if it's a track? What if he's keeping track? He's like, he's like, all right, you just got to remember, Legolas, don't talk to them. <laughs> and like the only reason he talks to Gimli the whole time is because he's making fun of him. What if he knows like talking to the ring is how you get it? Maybe he's trying not to get under the ring's en- like enchantment. Maybe, but I thought it, I thought you had to be holding it. Or- uh, it doesn't seem that way because the other guy, Boromir, just being close to it goes crazy. Oh, that's the, true. That's the fair, elf actually. Queen, when he offers to the elf queen, she loses her mind. Uh, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Only Aragon is the only one who even, like, fights it off. So maybe Legolas was just avoiding the ring. Maybe. I mean, that's very much also like a real lore reason why, instead of it just being just kind of the words. <laughs> Where I'm from, we don't talk to, to losers. Uh, yeah. Is he talking about us? Is he, is he calling us losers? Are we losers? Is this Are where we losers? find out we're losers? Is this the time we find out we're the worst? <laughs> Two of the hobbits clearly were. The ones that Gandalf can't stop just racking on. Are you talking about his, his, his other friends? Yeah, the two morons. Merry and Pippin. Fools of a took. Like he, he can't stop cursing at those two. 
I don't know, man. Hobbits are just fun-loving dudes. They're just here for the party. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you're, you're, you're going on a mission to save the world, and two guys are just like, so when's the next breakfast? And you're like, what? Look, man, where we're going, two mountains might fight, and we might die in a magic battle. Like, get your mind right. Maybe their mind is the most right, Corey. They're just trying to prepare themselves for their inevitable deaths. <laughs> They're like, listen, we're probably going to die, but we're going to die comfortable. Right. Like, Have you seen me? I'm like four foot tall. <laughs> no way my statue is going to be that impressive. <laughs> it is definitely an odd trip, right? Um, the Rings. Good road trip. The movie. <laughs> Name a buddy trip movie. Lord of the Rings. No, that, that yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Yeah, I was thinking due date, but okay, Lord of the Rings, we'll accept it. <laughs> it's like, um, you know what? Yeah, that counts. That counts. <laughs> we'll allow it. Judges, beep beep. Okay, it's good. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and tell our friends about the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins Comic Games and More is open and at full operating hours. You don't need a mask if you want to come inside, but you're more than welcome to wear one if you want to be a little bit more safe. They also do have delivery and curbside options available. Uh, So, they do have their events rolling up here. uh, Friday at 6pm is the Star Wars X-Wing Casual Meetup. All levels and ages are welcome. Saturday, uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. is the Pokemon meetup. Uh, this is a casual meetup for all level players. Saturday at 6 p.m. is Hammer Time, Warhammer, and Tabletop Warhammer meetups. And uh, it's also at Saturday at 6 p.m. is uh, more Magic Time. This is the weekly Commander meetups. Uh, Thursdays is Modern, and Saturdays are Commander Right there at the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more. Our wonderful store with fantastic staff that all ha- has all of your nerd needs. Your comic books, your manga, your board games, your card games. All right there at the Adventure Begins off of 1488. That's right. The Adventure Begins Comics Games and more is right there off of 1488. They're clean, family-friendly, well-lit. Staff is knowledgeable. Uh, I get my comic books from there. They order. I get my nerd stuff through those guys. Uh, they're wonderful. They're just great. Make sure to get out there and uh, support a local business that's helping the community out and just proud to be immersed in nerd things. Uh, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Radio coming right at you. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe. That sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the adventure begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more interested parties should absolutely check out the facebook page for more information this is rudy Townjanovich and welcome to nerd thug radio 
Lone Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, be sure to go to Facebook.com backslash Radio. We're going to be starting to post a lot more stuff there. We're gearing up for the January 10th debut of our new show, Up Late with Nerdthug Radio. Uh, it's going to be debuting on 6.60 a.m. at 11 p.m. Uh, I'm excited about it. Are you excited, Nico? Unreasonably so. All right. I, I like it. I like when you use big words correctly. Thank you. Yes. Um, so there's there's a ton going on in the comic book world. Um, just some neat stuff that's happening uh, among creators and stuff that I'm kind of uh, loosely affiliated and associated with. People that I know that I create with and, and create at the same time. When I went to launch my first Kickstarter last year, yeah, last year, last year, as I went to launch it, there was a guy who was just wrapping his up, and his was an epic monster smash. His name was Frank Goggle, or Gogol. It's G-O-G-O-L. I'm not sure how to say it. And he was launching issue one of No Heroin. Um, it's a story that revolves around addiction uh, and drug issues, and it's a personal tell from him, telling his story. Uh, but also, I think it involves superheroes and other stuff. Um I've got feelers out to him. I'd love to have him on the air and talk at some point. Uh, his journey, though, has been interesting. From there, he got to do a couple other things while that book was coming out and exploding. Um, and he did something like 15,000, 20,000 copies of, of, of that Kickstarter. Like It was a big, big deal. It was everywhere. Um, well, this Wednesday, uh, the next career highlight happened for him. His... I believe this is his first major publisher work. Boom Studios released his first issue of a miniseries of uh, the new Power Rangers book. And they sold over 40,000 copies across the country. Total sellout. And they've got a reprint coming at the end of the month. Oh, I think I did see this, actually. That's funny. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's it's everywhere right now. It's the it's the hot item. And he he's as far as his Kickstarter was wrapping up as I was getting ready to launch mine. So I like to say he's a couple months ahead of me in that regard, in the sense of like where he started, where I started kind of thing. Um, but the, the ascent has been just phenomenal for him. And uh, it's exciting to see stuff like that. Uh, there's another guy I do uh, that their Kickstarter came out right as mine did. And it was, it was a, kind of a interesting take on the wizard of oz it's called dm oz like is in dmz demilitarized zone mm-hmm. uh and it deals with the iraq veteran doing ptsd while possibly being in the world of wizard of oz like had the art was incredible for, for it phenomenal major major success i think it raised something around sixty thousand dollars for for kickstarter which uh it was only asking for about six grand so you can't go wrong there Right. Um, but yeah, his name was David Papoose, and he just had a book. I uh, just got in another Kickstarter. It's Nightmare Theater Anthology. And in it, he did a short story called Die, Danger Ronin, Die. And essentially, it's like, what if the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers cross paths with zombies? Mm. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. It's a great little eight-page story. I recommend people check it out if they can find it anywhere. It's called uh, Nightmare Anthology. Um yeah, I just let me actually let me make sure that's the name. I got it over here. 
Um, literally owns it. What a legend. Nightmare Theater is what it's called. It's an anthology book. Uh, there you oh. go. Nightmare yeah. Theater. But on every one of these, when there's you know a major success, there's all these people who kind of come out of the woodwork and start rooting against these people. Um, the haters, Infamous, if you will. The absolutely the haters. Rinfamous is a wonderful advocate on Twitter for independent comic books. She supports a lot of projects. She's been widely recognized as like a great voice. She has a massive following. She she gets she likes comic books. She cares. Um, she. She wrote an eight-page story in a Kickstarter anthology that came out last year called Deadbeats. Well, there's a certain group of people who I've crossed paths with a couple times. We're not going to name them because we're, we're done elevating other people like that. Um, but uh, they may be called gators. Maybe. Maybe. That's right. Alligators. They are literally reptilians. They're reptiles. Um... I've had a couple of run-ins with them, including the prominent creator who leads them, uh, Ethan Van Skeever. Um, you just said but, you weren't going to name drop him, and then you did. You're very bad well, I'm, gonna I'm not going to name drop the group. Him, I don't have a problem naming. He's a public figure, and I'm going to get into something he said to me that actually really kind of ticked me off. And personally, I hope we don't bump into him ever. I mean, that's personally. fair. I don't know. I uh, hope we do, because then it, it really, like, I love, I love bumping into people who talk big online. And then you meet him in person, and they're like, hey, man. Oh, hey, it's good to meet you. Well, that's not how this is going to go. Let's, 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 let's be polite and say that. Um, I mean, fair, but, you know, I like to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, they literally make videos celebrating people's failures, okay? So Joe Glass is a – he is the creator of an indie comic book called The Pride. It's obviously about a team of gay superheroes. Um, they released. He was re- he was doing a graphic novel of another concept called the Miracles, mm-hmm. and with the last day to go before the Kickstarter ended, it it hadn't funded yet. He was seeking a large number. It's a big project. Um, he probably isn't well known enough to justify the big number. But I think he, I think he thought he was taking the, I think he thought he was in a good spot to take the risk. Well, anyway, the group who should not be named, they made videos with the day to go celebrating the fact that he wasn't gonna make it. Ooh, that's that's a, that's one bad timing and two, why? I I don't know why. That's my problem is the why. Well, it it inspired a lot of people to support it. And it actually, I didn't even know it was around until the ruckus about what they did. Right, yeah. Like, they're bad at even hating on things. You're not supposed to do it until after it's done. Right. So I actually supported the project because I was interested. I liked this. I liked the pitch that he made on the Kickstarter. But, I mean, I did it with, like, an hour or two to spare because I didn't even know it existed. Right. First time I saw it. Um... So fast One forward, you got to understand about having a platform. People when on you have there a platform, will disagree exactly. with you. So, uh, today, Deadbeats, the second volume, was massively. They were probably five, six grand away from funding. Mm-hmm. Well, the group who should not be named was again 
circling like sharks and vultures. They were posting stuff on Twitter like, nobody make a video until afterwards, but it looks like we've got a reason to celebrate this weekend. Again, well, not, not learning from their mistakes because they're dumb. Right. And lo and behold, it funded. Right. Because you're very intelligent. So these guys... First they're not all, even a good. They're not even a good hate group. This is clearly they're just bad at everything. They are. They're bad at everything. That's very true. But um, yeah, they got into it with me. They wanted to drum up a little. They were looking for some outrage press because uh, they had a new project up on on one of the kicks on one of the crowdfunding sites. Okay, and so they took an old comment from me that was like two weeks old and then they started attacking me about it and it was about the math of their last funded project that the math was kind of high the per backer average was way up right and uh, i simply said i said well listen i mean if that's what your people want to spend their money on it's great it's just it's over almost every other comic book project i do the math on like most comic book projects the backer average is like thirty dollars his was like 89. Right. And look, there's enthusiastic people. Like, I get it. It is what it is. Sometimes you you get really big backers that really skew that number. (laughs) Totally possible. And his, all of his packages were, were more expensive. I just feel like it's just as likely he put a lot of his own money into it because that money would come back to him anyway. Right. Yeah. Look, there's nothing. There's no rules saying you can't do that. I don't think there is. There might be. I don't know. I don't think there is, though. Why? But, I, don't, um, I don't know why would they. I don't, I hey, don't. I'm gonna pay me forty dollars. Exactly. Okay. And you're like, got him. <laughs> so anyway, they came after me, and on my Twitter account, I have a pinned set of tweets that kind of explain who I am. It talks about my accident. Talks about how our dad passing. Talks about the radio show, talks about making comic books. It just kind of explains who I am. It's my bio, okay? And it's pinned to the top of my Twitter pro to it's like the pinned tweets on my Twitter page. But you have to click on my name and then go to my pinned tweets to see this. Well, he starts making fun of me for even having it, saying that I'm asking people to buy, I'm asking people to feel bad for me and spend their money. And I said, I'm not asking anybody to do anything. It's a pinned tweet. Like, they have to actively seek that out. I'm just simply telling people my story. Anybody who wants to know about me, these are the things I would like for them to know. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. And so he basically, he made fun of uh, me talking about our dad passing. And then me also, he called my comic books, Kroger Brand Comics. Which the response is, Kroger is a well-respected establishment. (laughs) No, to which my response was a lot more like, please, you haven't had an original thought in 30 years. You literally crowdfunded a frog version of Howard the Duck. Yeah, dude. I mean, don't come for me if you don't want to hear the truth. You know, like, it's not going to be that way. Arguing with strangers on the internet. I see some things die hard, Corey. This was a while back. This wasn't recent. Um, yeah, I know. You've told me about it before. Yeah. But I just, and it is my bad habit. My bad habit is I'm not going to tolerate nonsense like this. But I just can't, 
I don't understand the point of it. I just don't get it. Like, rooting for people to fail is the... Like, if you don't like what they do, just ignore it. Just walk away from it. Don't buy it. Don't support it. Don't get I never, it. I never understood the, uh, I'm going to attack the thing I don't like. I think there's a... And there's a very big difference between that and criticism. Yeah, if, if something... You know, when something comes out, if you talk about movies, you want to criticize a movie that comes out, that's fine. Now, if you make nine videos talking about the movie, we've moved past criticism. Uh, I don't know. You could have a very long and thought-provoking criticism, or it could just be you I, complaining. I no, no, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree there. Once you move to video number three, if you want to uh, talk for an hour about something, that's fine. Make it one video though. Don't make three videos where you talk about the same thing. That's a fair point. Unless you're like criticizing it in like multiple parts, or, like a series or something and you're unless you went to book. art school i don't want to hear your multi-episode take on anything i mean that's fair but some people like to hear it and look i like criticism and attacking something for being a success or being a failure or not enjoying it doesn't make any sense anyways because just like everything in this society you can just be like this literally has zero effect on me and, and my daily life so i'm just going to ignore it Right, you can just move on. Because that's way more productive and honestly does a lot more quote-unquote damage than when you bring it up and attack it. Definitely for one thing, it's name-dropping for sure. Well, like, the thing that doesn't make any sense is that these people are like, oh, this thing is trash, I don't even like it. Why does anyone even do these things? And then there's gonna be people who, just because they hate you, and they see it, they're like, well, I'm going to go support it just to spite this person. You have now drawn eyes that would have never seen it otherwise. Or even been involved otherwise. Right, which is the literal antithesis of what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it goes back to kind of that let sleeping dogs lie kind of a concept. And you get more done with honey than with vinegar. You know, those kind of ideas. I mean, I just, I don't understand going after people like this. Right. Right. It's it's a lot more productive, and people would, you know, find you palatable if you're like, hey, you know, I'm really glad that my project is finished, you know, if you could find any, you know, check out these stories that you might be interested in if you backed my project. Right, and even then, like... Like, building def- a community is, like, and the comic book community is, is you know, it's not, like, a, it's a massive, massive, huge, like, juggernaut of like the nineties, like it it's relatively small. Kickstarter books, single creators, like like in this in this modern era of like creation and like content, like people love finding small communities and just find themselves in them. <laughs> yeah, well and and, and and elevating those things and raising those things up. Critical role was a is a great point. You know, like there was a time when it was a tiny group of people and they called themselves critters and now they're about to have an animated series on Amazon and it's through the love of the fans that that thing happened. And I think people should be proud of stuff like that. I don't I don't think going negative though is ever really the answer. Right. Well, you get you get nothing done. No, like, you really don't. Productively. And look, it, people are always going to hate stuff no matter what, but you don't have to be the one that starts it. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't have to be the one who public. You don't have to. You can just not. If you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Thank you, Thumper. True words have never been. Truer words have never been said. There you go. And especially on, uh, in the age of the internet, man, it's really awful. The internet is so much hate. But on that note, we're gonna jump out on the wise words of Thumper. We're gonna leave it alone. 
we're going to get out of here on that. Um, on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, on behalf of the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more, and in anticipation of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel, be sure to be getting those shots, man. Um, the Delta variant of coronavirus has now reached Houston. Several cases have been found in small children. Um, as people know about the flu, children are monsters when it comes to carrying illnesses and viruses. This thing has potential to go super spreader pretty quick, and apparently it's an aggressive form of COVID. Let's get our shots before we got to whip out the freedom masks again and everyone has to cry about it. Um, take care of ourselves. We'll be gone. We'll be, we will be back for the July 5th Monday post-holiday show. Um, that'll be airing Monday at 2 p.m. Come hang out with us then at Nerd Thug Radio.